the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, our financial and retirement expert, Larry Rosenthal. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? Well, I'm doing pretty well, but I know that you're just waiting at uh, sort of bated breath as to whether or not the lights went up this week, right? I mean, that's what we talked about. This, <laughs> These this are is important the, this, things. Yes, this is the ongoing saga for everybody who's not aware. Okay, first of all, let me just continue to welcome our longtime yeah. listeners on WAVA in the D.C., Baltimore area, as well as our, well, we're calling them longtime listeners now on Sirius XM, Border to Border, Channel 131, Coast to Coast. There mm-hmm. you go, Chris. Okay. So we've been having this little debate here with Chris about he bought he bought some Christmas lights a few weeks ago. And each week in the studio here, you can check us out live. He's going to show them here live on LarryRosenthal.tv. Chris has, uh, you know, had these in the box. Uh, the good news is a few weeks ago he took the box out of the bag that he got from the store, and they've been sitting on his uh, production desk here in the studio now for a few weeks. And so today we're, we're giving the big test now. And uh, what's the story, Chris? Do you have lights up or you still got them in the box? No, they're up and running. I got this fancy little remote here now where, you know, I can turn them on and off and, you know, nothing You have a remote for your Christmas lights? I do. How about that? See it? I'm showing it to you on on YouTube. Fancy, fancy. Yeah, it's got a little sensor on and off, you know, nothing goes crackle and pop and and no lights go out in the neighborhood. So I think we're... We're doing That's okay. a good deal, man. That's a good deal. All right. All right. We've made progress, everybody. Yeah, Thanks to progress. all those that have written in asking Chris to put up his lights. I really appreciate that. So, Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Making Money Sense. <clears throat> I'm Larry Rosenthal again. And, uh, you know, we always start the show off with what's going on in the markets, take a look at the economy, and uh, see if we can see down the road and around the corner a little bit. This past week, markets were down slightly and basically just based off of two stalemates, you know, on on both sides of the big pond of the Atlantic, basically. Uh, Trade talks between um, uh, uh, the U.K. and, and Europe have stalled over Brexit issues, as well as lack of progress for here in the, in the States for COVID-19 relief. Uh, you know, the U.S. is, is deadlock in trade talk, I mean, in, in uh, COVID-19 relief, and that's pushed the, the 10-year yield down a little bit, you know, so, so the bond rate has dropped a little bit as people start buying more and more bonds because they're, they're fearful of, of the, the, the market coming down. And the Republican lawmakers basically want to continue um, – 
talking, but they're insistent upon liability limits to protect businesses and educational institutions, healthcare providers, and organizations from, from and different organizations from claims of people suing them against uh, uh, COVID-19 related issues. On the other side of the aisle, Democrats uh, want to continue to press forward for a much larger bill to help fund states and local governments whose uh, balance sheets are upside down. Now, whether these balance sheets are upside down a little bit because of the COVID-19 revenue dropping in taxes or because they were just mismanaged before is where one of the big big debates are right there. So we'll see what's happening going forward. There's no doubt about it. We have had a very, very positive and a very strong snapback of a recovery, not only in the markets, but in the economy. However, there are still places, there are still many, many people that are still hurting uh, with, with, with wages, with jobs, as well as many, many small businesses around the nation. And we've got to get this stuff uh, out there. We've got to get this stimulus package out there directed to the people that need it. Uh, this is not, you know, a, a political issue. This is an American issue. Anyway, enough said about that. So, so we'll see what happens here. The markets have pushed up. Uh, through the month of November for two main reasons. A split Congress, it, it looks like it, it could come down with this uh, runoff in, in Georgia. If that's the case, Wall Street likes a split Congress always, and no matter who's in, in, in the White House, and in anticipation of the next stimulus package. And that is starting to wane off a little bit, and that's why you saw the markets pull back a little this past week. So, you know, bottom line here, when we take a look at at the, the the markets and the economy, you know, there's there's all kinds of companies out there and asset classes that are going to win in what we were calling, you know, sort of the post-COVID economy. When when you take a look at where you should or shouldn't be investing, when when it comes to uh, things inside your portfolio, your your non-IRA assets, different stocks, international versus domestic, and just the whole nine yards. There, we've had lots of people call in, write in, asking, you know, hey. Larry, we, we heard you talking last week on the, on the show, and, and uh, there's been some offers. We always do this in December because we want to try and get everybody at the correct starting line turning the corner into the next year, and we'll be happy to give you a free analysis on your existing holdings. You know, if you're interested to understand the question, and here's the question that we pose out to everybody, do you understand what you own? In your investments, whether they're stocks or mutual funds or ETFs or UITs or bonds or options trading plans, whatever it may be, do you understand what you own in your investments and how those investments relate? And here's the big question to the current economy. What has to go right in the economy going forward for your investments to perform the way you want them to perform? And what has to go wrong? What changes economically or fiscal policy has to take place or, or could take place that could disrupt the performance of your different investments? That's the question. Those are the things that we're going to help you analyze. If you want to get a, a free analysis on that, we do this every December, then go ahead and give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and check it all out. Shoot us off an email. We'll be happy, uh, more than happy to go about doing that. So, uh, you know, lots of information today on the show, lots of information coming down the road here in the next few weeks when we take a look at the markets and, and things like that. We, we just had a uh, very, very nice Roth webinar uh, just last week. We had people from all over the country on t on, on uh, attend the webinar. We said we're going to roll out some more in January, and we are. We're going to be rolling one out. It's called 
where we were, where we are, and where we're going with a question mark. We're going to be doing that one in January, on January 28th. We're going to sort of set the stage for 2021. We're going to take a look at the current economy. We're going to take a look at the corporate earnings. We're going to take a look at all kinds of things and try to figure out where we're going. So, Educated prognosticate. What is that word? Prognostication. That's it. There you go. That's the word that's I was looking for. That's a big word for Saturday morning, Chris. <laughs> That's, but that's a what big word there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, hey, you know, if you're interested in, in attending this seminar, we're going to break down the economy. We're going to take a look at it all where we were before COVID, where we are, and then the post-COVID economy. If you want to go ahead and sign up for that webinar, it's going to be on uh, Thursday, January 28th. We'll be offering two sessions, one at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. These are Eastern times and one at 7 p.m. Um, uh, Eastern as well. You can just simply register, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, click on the little so, uh, seminar button, and it's right there. There's no cost for this webinar. We're going to have people from all over the country on it. It's a lot of fun, so so check it out here. So, hey, Chris, let's go ahead and, and uh, open up the phone lines. You know, one of the things I like about Saturday is it's open mic Saturday. Whatever questions you have on anything relating with the economy, with your 401k, with Roth conversions, with, with your financial plan? Is it performing correctly for you? How much do you need in retirement to distribute uh, reliable streams of income in a tax-efficient manner? Estate planning, mortgages, credit, whatever is on your mind today, give us a call. No holds barred. It's Open Mic Saturday. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. To Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know. And everyone you meet. It's 2020, and there are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org.
Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Christmas lights and uh, Christmas music even here today, Larry. I hear it's, it's a little different Christmas music, well, but you, you know, know maybe you can get some frosty up there later this well, morning. You really we'll see. Frosty guy, huh? Well, you know, we've got a few of those kind of things coming up. But you know, it is when you think about the season, though, it's not always about just lights, and it's not always about the music. It's really about Christ, right? There's no doubt, Chris. It is about Jesus. You know, His yeah. birthday, Savior of the world, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is good, very, very good. You know, it. it uh, if we take a look in First Timothy six, <clears throat> verses <clears throat> excuse me, verses seventeen and ni- through nineteen, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is also uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Think about that. You know, there's a lot packed into those verses right there. <clears throat> you know, God gives us the ability to create wealth. It's We need to be good stewards with it. We need to be willing to, to share it, not only that, but as well as share, uh, you know, our good deeds and be willing to share the good news of the gospel. You know, and so there's a lot really packed into that. We talk a lot about wealth and creation of, of wealth and saving and investments and all that kind of stuff on this show. But we've got to bring it back always and stay within the guardrails of reality, which is understanding our role, which is to be good stewardship with the assets that the Lord uh, blesses us with to further his kingdom, to be able to witness to other people and things of that nature. So always keep in mind who owns it and what our role is, you know, and we've got we, we on one hand we 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 have the 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 assets and things that the Lord gives us, but then we have to understand how to utilize them in man's economy. You know, the the Bible doesn't describe what a mutual fund is or what a stock option is or an ETF. We have to get educated on what products, what tools do we put these assets into to 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 grow them for <coughs> excuse me for further use down the road. Let's welcome Steve on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Steve. How are you today? Good morning. How can I help you, sir? Oh, yes. I was calling uh, a first-time caller. Thank you so much. Good morning to everyone who's listening and their staff there. Thank you so much um, for putting out the message as well. Tying everything with finances. I was uh, The question that I had, and I'm sure you could work this in, is about our public school systems. Um, I, I am one of those persons who are uh, – uh, I'm a single father of three children, and uh, two in elementary, one in high school, just entered high school. But I'm sure you can tie in the financial um, uh, issues – with the public school system, and our kids are, uh, our children are, are basically, I believe, my my theory, my opinion, is that they're losing um, a lot of, of, of education. Um, uh, the statistics, if you believe in the statistics, you know, I mean, they could vary, but, but just me personally, what I'm experiencing is that my fourth and second grader, uh, even though that the schools in Prince William County, I'm calling from Prince William County, Virginia, is that they do supply them with the laptops. Um, but you know what? When I go off to work and uh, I have no one there but my 15-year-old to maybe supervise them for a few hours, you know, they venture off and, 
into into whatever they want to on the laptop. I do con- I do have it under control now, but I was just wondering, what's your opinion on that? Hmm. So, on the financial side of that, um, how it could affect our children and and the school systems in the future because of this uh, situation that we're in, this pandemic that we're in. And, um, Steve, my, my understanding of your question is here, not to cut you off, but just for time, my understanding is, you know, do you feel that kids are going to be, um, you know, sort of stuck behind, not necessarily stuck behind, but delayed in their learning uh, growth slide right now? And, and um, yeah, it's a very sad situation for the entire world, no doubt about it. We've got to, you know, react according to, to, to the best way that we can. And it puts a lot of pressure on on the kids, on the teachers. It puts a tremendous amount of pressure on on parents, especially working parents. Uh, when when it comes to this, I know I know lots of people, uh, you know, all across the nation that are in the exact same situation. And as a as a as a country, we're just going to have to unite and do the best that we can when it comes to this. And 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 some parents are 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 are, are going to be able to help kids in one way and, and other parents not so much and so I think that we just have to you know do the best that we can and maybe on the other side of this on the on the other side of the post-COVID school system and economy and things like that maybe we have opportunities to stay after to do some summer school some different training of, of that nature but eventually you know all these kids whether they're juniors in high school or they're in second grade or they're or they're freshmen in college or whatever they may be they're marching that calendar towards getting out into the real world at some point and they've got to be prepared there so some some students are going to pick the ball up and, and run with it on their own and, and 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 do some extra reading and math and whatever it is that they're interested in at home or take additional vocational classes and things of that nature and and you know it still it still boils down to uh, at some point in all of our young adult lives, the drive that we have and, and what it is that we want to try to accomplish. So I understand what you're saying, and, and you know, I, I would just say, you know, a, a, a lot of this, you know, it, it all comes back to, you know, where where's God in this? What is he trying to do? What is he trying to tell us? And how do we go about, uh, you know, serving him in these types of situations? So appreciate the phone call, Steve. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Like I said, it's open mic Saturday. Any questions you want to hear, give us a call. Again, 855-ROSE-123. Hey, can I take that a step further, that question? I, I just was, because of, um, you know, disaster recovery and future the future of our children. There is some need there for education on, if you say we have another event like this down the road, how do our kids prepare financially to have something in reserve as they grow older? They may run into this, and as parents, aren't we responsible for educating them financially on being ready in case something like this happens again down the road? I couldn't agree more, Chris. You know, and I mean, this thing came out and blindsided the world. Obviously, you know, economies were shut down, school systems. We 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 know it. We know what's happened, and we know where we are on all of this. But yet, we still have different school systems all across the country. That it, it looks like a patch quilt work all across the nation. Some schools are open, and the kids are in school, and it's back to normal. And some kids. Now, some schools are open, and it's an every-other-day thing, and some mm-hmm. schools are open, and it's all at home. You know, And now we're getting some spikes of, around, the, around the country again with, with uh, more uh, positive testing 
and and so we're starting to see things close down again. So so you know the, it's it's a tough thing. We're all in this together, and we got to pull through it. But but still, at the end of the day, <clears throat> at some point, we're all going to be down the road and 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 facing you know real world when you're young adults. And and in that particular point, you've got to be ready to perform in your vocation, whether it's uh, you know in in in. Whatever you're doing, whether you're an engineer or an architect or a doctor or whatever it may be, you know, you, you've got to be able to step it up and, and, and really go from there with it all. So, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, what would you put I, in reserve? I mean, what for the, for the future in a case like this, if this were to happen again? How would well, you as far as cash reserves go, you always want to have anywhere between three and six months of, of money saved up in the bank in case, you, you know, you lose your job or, mm-hmm. or you get two flat tires on your car or something yeah. of that nature. Gotcha. You know, you, al- you always want to be able to make sure that you have that, and that's, that's built in properly into, into a uh, financial plan. And let's go ahead and welcome Sharon on the line from, from Maryland. Good morning, Sharon. How are you today? Giselle. Hello? Hello. Hi, How, Sharon. Welcome. How can I help you, Sharon? Uh, yes, I'm calling because it's a question about Medicare and having a uh, insurance through the federal government. I'm trying to figure out if it's worth um, us keeping my husband's Medicare along with the federal insurance because reading up on it, it seems like it's an additional cost that's really, I'm not sure if it's worth us paying that extra money each month. So in your uh, – the, the Medicare will become primary insurance, and then the uh, government plan will help as a supplemental. Medicare is going to cover 80% of Medicare expenses, Medicare approved mm-hmm. expenses, and then the supplemental portion will cover the other 20%. So just contact OPM, Office of Personnel Management, and just okay. simply just verify that, hey, on my, my husband's plan, because sometimes it's a little different depending on, on branches and things. Most of the time it's not, though. And just ask, you know, does my husband's 20, you know, normal health insurance, uh, does it, is that going to cover the other 20%? And they probably, sh- you know, it, it, it probably would, but just go ahead and verify that, okay? Okay. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring. Let's welcome Tim on the line from Wyoming. Good morning, Tim. How are you today? Uh, doing good. How can I help you, sir? Uh, yes, like I had a question. I've I've heard some different things about with the state of the economy and stuff that uh, small cap mutual funds might be a good thing to get into now because the future would probably be bright because they're down right now. Is is that a wise decision to try to get into? So I personally like the small cap space right now in the current economy. I think it's got great opportunities for upside. And there's, you know, when you take a look at small cap growth versus small cap value, you have to make this, the decision on do you want to go with the value play of small caps or the growth side of small caps. And small cap value has been down tremendously, you know, and that's why it looks like it's a good buying opportunity. But remember, there's a reason why it's down tremendously, too. So, so you know, I would tend to, to lean towards the growth side of the access in small caps right now. Uh, so, so, you know, when you come out of a recession historically, and there's no guarantee that's going to happen in the future or even now, but, but historically small, caps, small cap growth tends to lead the way uh, out of a recession for, for a period of time. 
and and you know that's kind of where we are right now and there's all kinds of good ETFs and mutual funds out there that can represent that space and and Tim the the, the key here is <clears throat> is you know when you hear when you hear you know somebody says oh yeah go into small caps here or go into mid caps there you know mid cap growth gr great great opportunity as well when you hear all this stuff one of the things that the people in print media or on radio or television, and, and I can tell you that because I'm part of it, right, is, is they never tell you the time frame of this. You know, they never say, oh, yeah, well, you should have got into it, you know, eight months ago or get into it now. And, but they never come back and tell you, well, you know, yeah, you, you should probably be thinking about exiting that space. So, so here's what I want you to do. Whenever you make an investment decision or a change, you have to ask yourself a couple of questions. One is what what conditions economically are present today to generate the thought to move into that space, in this case, small cap growth, right, or small caps for, you, for what you said. Then the next question is what conditions have to change in the economy that I can recognize when it's time to exit that space? Those are the two questions that you need to ask when it comes to this. And oftentimes you'll hear people say, oh, yeah, go into small caps now, but they never tell you what the conditions are present to do it and then what you have to look at in order to, 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 uh, to say, hey, we've got to lighten it up or we've got to get out of it somewhere down the road, you know, eight months, 18 months, 35 months, whatever the case may be as far as your holding time goes. That's why it's important to make sure you have proper balance in your portfolio good diversification and asset class selection across the board in certain areas. Um, you know, so, so that's very, very important. So before you start looking to move into one asset class, I would basically say do an evaluation on all of your different positions, get a good look at what your, your risk-reward relationship is. That's one of the things that we're doing right now in December. We do this each December. We, we offer people free analysis of all of their holdings to take a look at what your risk-reward relationship is and try and get you ready for the, for the coming year. So if you like, I'll be happy to send you out our toolkit, and then we can give you an evaluation on your current holdings and tell you, yeah, you know what, you might want to move 7% over in the small cap, or you might want to move 13% there. You might want to lighten it up because you got too much there. So I can make that offer for you, Tim. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. Hey, okay, Tim, well, Tim me... before you take off, uh, you know where Moorcroft, Wyoming is by chance? Yeah, I, I live just about uh, 20 miles away from there. Yeah, that's my old stomping grounds. I actually grew up around there and uh, graduated from high school in that town. Can you believe it? <laughs> okay. I yeah, think, I think, the, nation, I think the national uh, shrubbery up there is the sagebrush, though. There's not a lot to look at, right? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Good deal. Unless you Good head, deal. head west of the mountains, then it gets better. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Tim, appreciate the phone call. Let me go ahead and put you on hold here. Appreciate the and Bob will get some information and we'll 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 send out some information to you and, and have someone follow up with you. Merry Christmas. You listen to Making Money Sense. Go ahead and dial us up with any of your financial planning or investment questions at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. And for you for you YouTubers out there, <laughs> all y'all, how's that, Chris, right? All uh, y'all, You can go like check that. us out on, on LarryRosenthal.tv. We're streaming live on YouTube again this week. It's yep. a lot of fun. So you can sort of see how a, a, uh, you know, a radio show is duct taped together in the COVID environment behind the scenes. It's, it's, it's kind of neat. We get some people making comments on it. So check it out at LarryRosenthal.tv. We're going to take a quick break here. I see Chris at the bottom of the hour. So yes, sir. give us a call again with any of your financial 
financial planning or investment questions here. We're here to give you educational opportunities on whatever it is that's on your mind regarding finances, the stock market, the economy, the Fed, Congress, whatever it may be. We want to help you grow your assets so that you can help accomplish your, your financial planning objectives. 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Oh, the fields we go, laughing all the way, bells on bobtail You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Come on, it's lovely weather for us. They ride together with you. Yeah, love to have you call in if you'd like to, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, to talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is our financial and retirement expert here in studio. And if you'd like, jump on YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv and join us with real live broadcast color in person kind of stuff, Larry. Broadcast color. That's pretty good, Chris. <laughs> well, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Definitely. So. Hey, you know, when it, when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, getting ready for the next year and looking at doing annual reviews and things of that nature, we've got all kinds of information out there on what you should be looking at and stuff like that. One of the things that's an often overlooked statistic in your investments is something called batting average. So think about a baseball player. That's exactly what we're talking about now here. Think about a baseball player who, who, who you know, strikes out, you know, nine out of ten times. Is that person going to be a good asset to the team, uh, you know, offensively at, at, at the, in the batting, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the batter's box? Sounds Probably. like my baseball skills there, Larry. Right. <laughs> Probably not, you know. You want somebody who, who gets a hit, who, who gets yeah. a hit frequently, you know. And, and in baseball... Um, you know, if you get a hit three out of ten times, you're probably at the top of the game, which is kind of good. But how would you like your mutual funds to only have success three out of ten times? 
Probably not, right? You probably want a little bit better performance from your mutual funds, right? So there's something called a, a, a batting average when you take a look at your mutual fund. And you can line up all of your different mutual funds, and you can compare them against all the industry's mutual funds, 20,000 of them or whatever there is. And, and you want to take a look at something called the batting average. And it's basically a, a statistical measurement that, that measures the manager's or the manager's team's ability to beat the index. So the batting average is calculated over, over months, days, quarters, whatever it is that you want to do, and it matches the index, the total number of days that, that you're actually performing uh, better than the index that you're compared against. For example, let's suppose that that an investment manager who outperforms the market, let's say in 15 of 30 possible trading days, then they have a statistical batting average of 50. Okay, so the longer the time period taken in the sample size, the more statistically significant the measurement becomes. So take a look at your investments, and you want to do what's called a, a batting average. You know, if you have one mutual fund that, that is consistently in, in the 85 90% range time after time in the sampling data, you've got a great mutual fund. On the other hand, if you have one who's consistently in the 30 or 50% range, you may want to consider changing that. So how do you do that? How do you find this information? It's certainly not in the prospectus or the sales sheets from the from the mutual fund company. You've got to do an analysis through a software like Morningstar or Zephyr or different types of software programs because it's important that your mutual fund competes well with other mutual funds within its peer group as it's aimed at its benchmark there. So, so you know, again, if you want to have information on this, just give us a call at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email. We'd be more than happy to go about, go ahead and, and have you, uh, we'll send out our financial planning toolkit, and we'll just kind of go from there. Let's go ahead and welcome uh, Patricia on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Patricia. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, my question is, my, my goddaughter was over last week, and uh, she told me that she goes out on the computer, and she just types in computer shares. She made up a, uh, an account. She said, and then she buys shares. And I'm saying, okay. Someone said, so I've never heard of that before. I don't know if you've ever heard of that at all. She just goes out types in computer shares. Then she buys shares of whatever's out there, Walmart, different things like that. I'm like, okay. So you, do you know what I'm talking about? I do, Patricia. Yeah, there's, there's, you just go right online, and there's a whole listing of stocks out there that that allow you to buy shares through yes. a service called Computer Shares, and you just go right online and do it. Yep. Okay. Is it just, that's, that's legal? Yes, ma'am. It's legal. Yep. Yep. It okay. is. And you even get a statement in the mail. That's that's not a problem. So you know the 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 thing with buying Computer Shares. Uh, is you know it's just like any other account, um, but but you may be a little limited to the different types of sh of companies in that program. I'm not sure about that, so look into that. But yep, there's there's no problem with her with her going about and doing that. So okay, okay. Yep. all right. Thank you so much. Have a, God bless you. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. I appreciate the phone call. Let's welcome VJ on the line from Maryland as well. Good morning, VJ. How are you today? Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just had a simple question. I was working with the federal government, and I just retired about one or two months ago, and I have money in my TSP. What should I do? Like my bank manager says that you need to take the money out from there. If not, you're going to lose the money and all that stuff. So I was just confused about it. 
Sure, VJ. So there's a handful of choices that you can do with money at an old employer's plan. Whether you're leaving, you know, a, a a private company or a publicly traded company or the government, in this case, the TSP. So you can leave the money there at the TSP. That's not a problem at all. It can still be managed in the TSP. You can do everything that you've ever done with it in the TSP. When you're 72, you're going to start after taking mandatory distributions. Now, you can also take the money in the TSP and roll it over tax-free to your own IRA account. By doing so, one. pardon me? I don't have an IRA account outside, so. Okay, so upon doing that, you would create one instantly. So you would fill out paperwork, okay. open up an IRA, and then you'd roll the TSP into it, okay? Another thing you okay. can do is you can pull the money out and spend it, but then you got a big tax bill. If you take another job, you can roll it into another job, providing that employer allows for that money to, to, to come in, and or you can simply roll the money over into a Roth IRA and convert it upon that rollover. So here's the, so those are the things that you can do. One of the things, one of the advantages of rolling it to your own IRA is not only can you invest in very similar assets that you can, that you have inside the TSP, but you can invest in a whole lot of different areas that are not available in your old employer's plan. So most people go ahead and roll the money tax-free over into their own IRA account that way you can choose, you can work with an advisor or do it yourself, and you can have a greater array of investment choices than what's inside the TSP. Uh, so so that's, that's a lot of times what they do. If you like, I'll be more than happy to send you out information on the pros and cons of it, how you go about doing it, and, and then we can have one of our advisors give you a quick follow-up next week, a phone call, uh, to, to give you a consultation over the phone on well, what would be best for you, if it should stay there or if you should move the money over. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, VJ, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some basic information from you, and we'll get, you, we'll get some information more out to you. Appreciate the phone call. Oh. Merry Christmas. Oh. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Garland on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Garland. How are you today? Garland, are you there? He's getting a little confused by the radio. He's listening on hold. Yep. Let me put you on hold here, Garland, Hello. and we'll pick you. Oh, Hello. You there? Hello. Yes, Garland, how are you? Yes, I'm sorry. Let me turn my radio down. I was waiting for you. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. My question, my question is um, on property gains tax. I think that's the correct term. I recently sold a property in another state that I've carried for a while. I'm a widow and I, you know, it was my husband's uh, from his side of the family. My question is, is there anything I can do to minimize the property gains tax that I'm now told that I'll have to pay on that sale of the property? Well, there's there's a couple of strategies that, that uh could have been done before, but the only way, when you have a taxable gain, the only way to offset that is to have a loss or a donation to a charity, okay? Um, so we need to sit down and take a look at how big that gain is, what you want to do with it going forward, uh, you know, and do you have any losses anywhere else, maybe an investment account that's down, that no, you might be able to do some I... tax harvesting? No, but I paid tax on this since 1988. 
Would that help the taxes that were paid on this? Well, one of the things you could look at too is is as you have, you know, if you ever, you know, put up a new fence or or fix something, made some capital improvements to the property, that will go to your cost basis and that'll lower your capital gains tax. No, it was just um, undeveloped property. Oh well, yeah. Um, there's, no, I, you know, I'd have to look at your tax return and get a CPA involved. But right now, off the top of my head, without knowing your entire situation, I would say you're going to have to pay these capital gains taxes probably, which is not a bad thing because it means you made money, right? Well, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the taxes that were paid, the, ta- the, uh, the taxes that we paid on the property from 1988 until present would not go towards offsetting that amount. No, those are personal property taxes. That's a different kind of tax. What you have now is a capital gain tax. Oh, dear. We've got income taxes. We've got short-term, long-term capital gains taxes. We've got estate taxes, state estate taxes. We've got uh, personal property taxes. We've got all kinds of taxes. And so mm-hmm. understanding the different types of tax there is is key to really, um, you know, uh, boiling down what you're going to have to pay as, and as to the reason why. So I would say I would I would say this, Garland. Do you work with a CPA? Um, not really indirectly. Well, then I would say yes, maybe no. this year directly you you work with one real quick. And I see you're in Maryland, and we we have some CPAs that we can refer you to over there if you like. I'll be more than happy to put you on hold, and then Bob can get your information, and we'll send you out some information to the CPAs. Okay. Would appreciate that. Absolutely. Appreciate. Yep, let me put you on hold. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Jenna on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Jenna. How are you? Oh, good morning, Larry. I'm fine, thank you, and thank you for your program. Sure. I have a question about my Roth. I had a Roth up until last this year, and uh, I put about 7000 in uh, last year, November, and all of that between March, February, when everything went crazy, March, April, May, that 7000 disappeared. And I was very upset about that, so I pulled that out. It was about 40000 And I'm wondering now, what can I do with that money that I pulled out? I can't, I guess convert that total amount or get another Roth? How would I, how could you do that? How could I manage that? Jenna, when you said you pulled it out, did you physically take it outside of the Roth or did you just move it within the Roth to a a safer investment? No, I pulled it out. I pulled it out. It was with another company and I just did not feel good about that whole thing. And I said, no, I'm just going to take it out. And I just put it in a a fund within the bank. Okay, so in order to get it back into the Roth, you have to be able to make a contribution. So Mm -hmm. if you're working, then you can make a contribution into the Roth, either directly or by backdooring the Roth strategy, um, Mm -hmm. depending on your income level. But, you know, I do want to try to encourage you maybe to, to, to take a look from an educational perspective to get money back into the Roth because it allows for the money to grow tax-deferred and come out tax-free down the road as mm-hmm. long as it's seasoned. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, you know, th- that, that would probably be the first step that we want to take a look at. And we also want to take a look at, you know, the, the, the opportunities and in different investments and what we're looking at as sort of the post-COVID economy coming very quickly to us, but make sure that you're in the, inv- the correct investment 
types or, or, or asset classes, I should say, and, and spots like that. So um, unfortunately, since you pulled money out, you know, there's only a couple of ways that you can put money into a Roth IRA, and that's contributions or conversions, okay, uh, or rollovers. And so, so, you know, you have to make a contribution to get all that money back in, and you're only limited to $7,000 a year if you're over 50, right. if you're 50 or over. So we've got to figure out a way to get that money back in. And meanwhile, while that money's not in there, put it in the appropriate investment vehicle so that it can be going uh, that way. Um, so you, you know what? I, I, I want to get you our, our toolkit and, and have someone reach out to you on, on the do's and don'ts and stuff that we have on Roth IRAs and, and show you some ways that maybe we can build some strategies for you over the years to get that money back into the Roth, Roth situation. Is that okay? That sounds great. Thank you. Yep, let me put you on hold, Jenna, and Bob will get your information, and we'll have someone reach back out to you next week. Appreciate the phone call, and Merry Christmas. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Martha on the line from Virginia as well. Good morning, Martha. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I wanted to ask you, I own a condo I refinanced five years ago for 30 years. I'm 68, so they, I think the company is assuming they are going to lose money with me. And uh, a few days ago, I received a letter from them telling me that I have to pay, pretty much in short, I think I have to pay PMI, which would increase my payment. Now that the interests are getting so low, my interest is uh, 3.875, I uh, called the company to refinance, I'm waiting to hear from them, but um, uh, I, I want to refinance for 15 years. Would I have still to pay the uh, PMI? So the reason that you're having to pay PMI is you don't have 20% or, or roughly that equity inside the home. And you know, with property values going up the way they have, um, I'd take another look at that. So, so um, you know, I have um, I I would have to see the value of your home and your mortgage statement to answer that question specifically. Uh, but if I you like, I have a mortgage person that we can refer you to, and then he can step you through that process. Yeah, I think I have the twenty percent because the value in the market I saw is around three twenty, and I owe one eighty seven. Yeah, you shouldn't have to be paying PMI. I don't think something's correct there. That's why I said I, I'd want to look at your, your mortgage statement and things. Okay. So um, I can refer you to our mortgage person. He'll be happy to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yep, let me put you on hold here, Martha, and Bob will get some basic uh, info from you, and we'll have uh, our mortgage person give you a ring. Appreciate the phone call, and Merry Thank Christmas. You. Again, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go visit our website at LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for Facebook. Sign up uh, and like us on Facebook, and sign up for our newsletter, our monthly newsletter, as well as you can check it out on our webinar pages uh, also. Let's welcome Kenny on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Kenny. How are you? Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? All right. So, so my question was: um, a friend of mine told me about uh, investing in gold. Is, is, now, is gold better than silver, or should I invest in gold now? So, gold, Kenny. Gold is an asset class. Okay, it's a precious metals. You've got gold, copper, silver, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, just like that. You know, and there are times that you want to invest in gold and met precious metals and times that you might not. You know, so it depends on what your objective is and, and where you're taking the money from, right? 
you know, what's the purpose of, of it? The purpose of, you know, gold is, is an investment that usually does well in times of inflation. Uh, or it's a flight to what they call quality and things like that. So if you take a look at gold, it has shot way up this year because of COVID-19, and it's actually starting to come back down now. So, you know, depending on what your goals are and your other investments, that would answer the question as should you put some money in the precious metal sector right now. It's very, very volatile. It's, it's a very volatile investment uh, when it comes to that. So, you know, I, I don't want to say yes, you should or no, you shouldn't. I want to say I need to get a better look at your overall scenario. So if you like, I'll, I'll be happy to send you out our toolkit. We'll have someone follow up with you, and they can do a little bit more in-depth Q&A with you to tell you if you should get into gold or not, and the type of gold, whether you want to buy an ETF that, that, that marks the spot price of gold or if you want to get gold coins as a collector, all different ways that you can go about doing it, okay? Okay, and uh, so I have one more question. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so my so, uh, so my 401k. Um, so uh, I'm 55. So should I be putting more in my four uh, in my 401k, or um, or, or should I just let it stay where it's at? Why well, I, I would encourage you to continue to save, especially if your employer matches. You know, if your employer matches three percent and you put in three percent, that's a hundred percent interest on your money. So, so yeah, I would I would encourage you to continue to put money into your 401k plan. Uh, you get a tax deduction today, or you may have an opportunity to put it in on the Roth side of things, and and then you can get some tax-free dollars coming to you back down the road in retirement at some point down the road, as long as it's you know there for the for the qualifying period. So, you know, yeah. So so you know you you, you want to continue to save each month and all the time. And this is this is one of the secrets that the wealthy understand and they embrace, Kenny, is that you continue to put money into the investments and you acquire shares. That's how you create wealth is by the acquisition of shares. So yes, keep putting money in every single pay period and buy more and more shares. Now, we need to take a look at all the different types of investments that's inside your 401k. And who knows, maybe you have a gold fund in there too. I don't know, but we'll have someone give you a ring I'll have Bob get your information. We'll have someone give you a follow-up call next week, and then we can they can sit sit down with you over the phone or a Zoom call or something like that and really break it all down for you. Is that okay? Yes, sir, it is. Thank you. All right, let me put you on hold. Appreciate the phone call, and Merry Christmas. Again, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Karen on the line. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Good. My question is, um, my father and his siblings have a property that they own in North Carolina, and it was sort of through inherent. However, um, they have not completed all the paperwork that they need to do to obtain full ownership of, in, in terms of turning, getting the deed and put into their name. And they would like to sell the property. They have been paying taxes on the property over the years. Can you Please provide some type of advice, um, the easiest way for them to gain ownership of that property. They've got to complete the paperwork um, by transferring it into their names. That's what has to happen. So, so if it was if it was uh, left as a result of a will or a probate distribution decision or something along those lines, then then they have to do the paperwork 
and transfer it into their names and then they would have ownership and then they could do whatever it is that they want to do on the other side. But somebody who wants to sell it, if, if, so, if somebody was a buyer on the other side of this transaction that they're wanting to do, they're going to want to have a clean title. And if, if, some, if three people are saying, yeah, we own it, but uh, it's not in our names, it's still in the estate name or dad's name or it's in two of our three names, the, the, the buyer is going to say, hold on, back off. I want a clean title before I buy it. And they'll do a title search on it too. So, so they have to go through the process of titling it into their names. Okay. okay. Unfortunately, the, can I just ask another question? Unfortunately, it wasn't left in an estate or, or, or will. It, since they've been paying taxes on the property over the years, is there any way that they can go and do maybe a deed transfer? Yeah, you can do different things. Um, but, but if it, the owner of the property, when they passed, if they didn't have a means to transfer it, like a TOD account or in a trust or a joint titling or something like that, it will go through the court's distribution process known as probate. So it, it sounds like the property needs to be probated if there wasn't a legal beneficiary tied to that, to, that, to that property. And then the probate judge will sit down and listen to everybody and say, oh, well, if you guys have been paying taxes, well, then I'll just, you know, he or she can, can, can grant it according to certain rules. But you've got to go through those steps to get it legally retitled into their names because you're not going to be able to sell it because the, the purchaser is going to want to have a clean title before they buy it. Okay, I, I have an estate. I have an a, a, a state attorney, or you can you can talk to an estate planning attorney, or maybe even a real estate attorney. I'd rather talk to an estate planning attorney, if you like. I'll I'll I'll, I'll have uh, Bob get some info from you, and we can refer you over to to uh, a estate planning attorney that we use in Virginia, if you like. Okay, what state are you calling from? I, you know, I'm calling from Washington D.C. The property is located in North Carolina. Okay, well, D.C. and North Carolina still in the U.S. Not a problem, right? <laughs> okay. Not a problem. Okay, sure. I, I would definitely. Um, yeah, let me put like you on hold office. here real quick, and Bob will get get your info from you. Appreciate the phone call. Have a merry Christmas. Again, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Let's go ahead and welcome Patience on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Patience, and I appreciate your patience too. You've been <laughs> on morning. hold for a while. Thank you, Larry. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? How can I help you? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I lost my job to COVID in July, and uh, I had a 401k with my former job, and I'm wondering <laughs> what to do to it. Um, I also have a Roth IRA, um, and um, I don't know if I'm to. I heard you talking about rolling over. Um, um, is it TSP to Roth IRA? I don't know if that also applies to 401k. Um, yes, patience. It, okay. it, yeah. it does apply, okay? And okay. before you go yeah. running out and making the decision on what to do, let's, let's find out what your needs are. Let's take a look at the investment choices in your old plan, and let's take a look at, at, at what your goals are with income and things like that. And before you convert it to Roth, we have to take a look at your current tax situation because that is a taxable event right there. So, so um, okay. best thing to do is is uh, we can we can get someone to give you a ring and dive deeper down into it than I can here in the in in you know on the air on the radio show, and then uh, make it personalized for you. 
So if you like, okay. I'll, I'll put you back on hold here real quick, and Bob will get some information from you. We'll have someone reach out to you next week to discuss everything okay. with you, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold real quick. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Hey, give us a call in the office at 855-ROSE-123. After we go off the air, visit our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletters. Like us and follow us on Facebook. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, have a wonderful week as we got a few more weekends left for shopping for Christmas. God bless everybody. Merry Christmas. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.